0: Today, hails from the Asian Madness Podcast, a podcast where one can discuss all things true crime, morbid, mysterious, and odd from the Asian continent. This is their host, Jessica. Monty, what can you tell us about Jessica? Oh
1: man, it's, I, I gotta say I'm a huge fan uh, in the realm of looking for Asian crime, because you know, there's just so many crime stuff out there it is a lot but i just wanted to find something where it's you know niche and that's what we're about right so, and nice. niche and nice and i came across her i think oof, it's probably like a, at least three years now she's freaking amazing she's so amazing that i i don't typically you know message anyone to tell them they're amazing but i had to reach out to her to tell her that she's doing a fucking awesome job also you know what i have to give her credit she also inspired me to join you guys to do podcasting and um yeah no like well, she's a big, amazing a big
2: thank you to jessica for yeah and way. uh you brought us you're Monty welcome. At the most important of times.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> i i messaged her out of the blue fast forward till now i asked her hey would you be interested if we could do an interview with you on our podcast and this is where we are today after a month of planning and scheduling and everything. And yeah, this is uh, Jessica.
2: And, and w- welcome to the podcast, Jessica. Welcome to the podcast, Jessica. <laughs> How are that, you doing That today? intro was almost as vivacious as Ben's intro of Hal Masonberg. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now I'm so nervous that she's here because this is the first time like we've chatted through text. Well, but
2: our, 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 our go-to here, Jessica, is when, when you enter the show is we ask you two questions. How are you doing? And what's something cool you saw this week?
3: Oh, man. This is like, its it always sucks when people ask you, like, oh, what are your hobbies? And then you realize you're really, really boring. Everybody has, like, <laughs> the same hobbies. And then, well, how am I? Today is fine. I worked. Okay. That was kind of boring, but that's life. Something interesting that I've seen this week. Oh, man. Okay, this is, like, kind of gross, but... Um, on the sidewalk, like right outside where I live, like somebody smeared okay. like poop everywhere for some reason. <laughs>
2: really? Okay. That sounds like Los Angeles. <laughs> right. Sounds like Chicago. <laughs> it sounds like home. Like I
3: don't know why that happened, but it's like walking the dog has become like a real chore because dogs don't know anything; they're just gonna oh, walk all yeah, right. over shit. So you just kind of like drag them out, and then you have to remember where the shit is, and then you know it gets dark, and then you're like, oh, whoops, where's I... the poop? I
2: don't... <laughs> I have the same problem with my dogs, except for, like, we live off... There's two big roads next to, like, the little street we live on. And so every now and then a squirrel or a raccoon or something gets taken out by a car. And my dogs will beeline for it. And my dog's 135 pounds. So if I'm not ready and he decides to move quickly, he can usually win. So now when we walk around at night, it's like I'm just... I have to, like, watch the ground like a hawk. (laughs) Exactly. Just in case. (laughs) So
0: I... So, so I, I I don't want us to get bogged down too much here, starting out because we do have a lot to go into. But I was listening to your latest episode on the Yakuza, mm-hmm. and I I just have to ask you: you're talking about the Yakuza game series, but yes. which is your favorite game in the series? I need to know. Oh, yeah, this oh my big, god! This is,
2: we were debating.
3: Okay, so I love Zero, which is
0: like okay.
3: The I I just love like the whole origin story thing. Um, I didn't think I would like eight because of the way the combat works, but I found oh, it Oh, uh, like pretty... a dragon. Yeah, like a dragon. Yeah, they changed yeah. the name, but anyway.
1: I'm so ashamed of myself. I I've been trying to get into that game. I haven't got a chance to. Oh my gosh.
2: Even I... I, even I've played a Yakuza game. But is it is it like yeah, a,
1: I... is it like gta like jet but japan like based
2: in japan yeah yes yeah, so, oh. so, so for our for our uninitiated guest uh can you guys explain
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's sort of like a it's like a brawling well most of the games up till the last one were like open world brawlers and now the latest one was essentially a jrpg Mm-hmm. and that's how oh, they're moving okay. that's what they're doing moving forward uh, jessica what, what do you think do you prefer the brawling or the or the jrpg here
3: well because i'm not that great when it comes to fighting so <laughs> jrpg works a lot better in my favor but um it also mm. yeah, takes so long both. it yeah. takes so long to take people out now but you know if you're like really good and you know with the brawling then it usually goes by like in 20 seconds
0: but with so JRPG, it takes like I'm- minutes
1: I'm guessing it's like yeah, Sleeping Dogs, right? That game.
2: Yeah, yeah, the earlier ones definitely. Oh, earlier. okay, okay. And isn't isn't the Yakuza series famous for um, also having the video game de- debut of several New Japan Pro Wrestling wrestlers? Ben,
0: that's true, but that's that's a story for another day. <laughs> I, I can't torture
2: <laughs> Jessica with my talk about hey, a, dude, about pro wrestling. Are here. are you a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling?
3: Uh, I am not. I'm not very – I am not really into sports and, like, things like that, so I really can't tell you much.
0: Good. Yeah, that's that that that, saved the whole podcast. Yeah, that saved the whole podcast right there. Uh, Well, well, here, let's start talking a little bit uh, about the Asian Madness podcast, and let's talk about some of your inspirations. Uh, Is is there, like, a time in your life where – true crime like you really started to gravitate towards it and is there like a certain story that you got into growing up or like a certain event that really got you into true crime and just more beyond true crime but just this sort of world of off the beaten path stories
3: Mm, okay I feel like I kind of started off on the other side so I was always like really into horror movies as a kid and okay. my i have an i have i have two older brothers so one of the old the oldest one like he's like twelve years older than me, so he went into like he studied biology in college and I was like ten mm-hmm. he started sending me all these stories about people that he's like because uh he became like a doctor later on so he starts telling me about all this gory stuff that he's seen
4: right like
3: you know how he had to take home like human bones to study them and then he shows me i don't i don't know if you guys remember that website from like ages ago it was like just like some gore site like what is it called um well there was i'm there sure, was, I'm, sure
2: was, Matt, yeah, I'm, I'm sure yeah i'm sure Matt. okay so all right so there was so for uh, for written stories there was uh there was uh something awful um there was also best gore, um and there was there's crazy shit which is still operating and then i think there was fresh meat was one of the other oh you know what I, I sorry
1: i think i know which one jessica's talking about is it gore gallery
3: yeah, something. I, yeah. I really believe they it's show something a lot gore of like, or gore yeah. something. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they show also you like. They have the word gore in them. So. Yeah, I wonder why.
2: Yeah, I, I was saying, yeah, I think there's a reason. <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, I, like I, I still like I remember when I was four years old, I like found my mom's DVD or VHS of Nightmare on Elm Street and watched it, and loved it, and I and then as like a little kid, I was like, that's not that bad. And then when I was twelve and watching like. A person get like beheaded on on youtube basically i was like oh oh this yep. is a problem because <laughs> then i was like i didn't know it was weird to other people because like i too had an older brother who was sharing me this stuff and he's like this is crazy right mm, and i was like exactly. yeah yeah you, yeah and then i was like hey friend look at this wacky video we i were just watched," and then Someone would tell their mom about me.
1: (laughs) You know what? The first one I got into, I think this is showing my age, but this is like way before YouTube ever happened and Google ever happened. But there was my first video was there's this guy like I think he was like uh, in the middle of the woods, like on a lake or something. He's being held down. And yeah, this guy just. Oh, Oh, man. And it was like it was like a 15 probably 15 20 second clip and it was just i'm like yeah oh my god that's real <laughs> so, that's the first time so, man. so like
2: so so back to the <laughs> back to our safe space of yeah back <laughs> to the <laughs> safe oh, space so, so, so jessica so uh you mentioned that like in addition to the the real gore that all of us unfortunately were exposed <laughs> to at a young age you were watching uh, a lot of horror movies what uh what movies really stood out to you at a young age or like really captured your uh your imagination
3: Um, so I think, oh, man, I think I'm, like, the movies that I remember the most from, like, Mm -hmm. at a young age was probably the Japanese ones, like, you know, like, The Grudge and things like that, but something else that Mm. really stood out to me was actually when... I remember my brother we used to play like Resident Evil, like the first one on oh, PS yeah. One. Yeah. And I would just watch oh, because yeah. it was like gory, it was scary and mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So I know it's not really true crime, but everything kind of started. <laughs> well no, yeah, there. it's like,
2: well we I I I know for me personally too, my journey to becoming a true crime fan was the same. It started with like watching eighties, eighties and nineties slasher movies like that I rented from Blockbuster. And I always, like, kind of knew about true crime. Like, my mom had, like, The Stranger Beside Me and a couple other, like, Rule right. books uh, when I was a kid. And I, and I loved, I always liked cults. Um, but it wasn't until I found uh, the last podcast in the left when I was mm. in college um, that I really kind of delved into true crime. But it was through horror that I got there. Um and I think it's a great lens in cuz you watch one movie that is like either based on true events or yeah, exactly. referencing true things and you're like, "Oh, I wonder if that ever actually happened." And then that leads you down the spiraling path, right?
3: Yep, that makes total sense.
1: Yeah, I think the first one I got exposed to when it came to like Asian crime is definitely during the 90s. Um they had like of course the the popular one about the, the human pork buns, um, the untold story, what? that one, I mm. think Jessica knows that. That case Yeah.
3: Cool. I covered one. Yeah. I covered that one.
1: Yeah. And that I was, uh, when she talked about on her podcast, that was really well done. And I think you should share that one with, uh, <laughs> with Matt and, and Ben, because that was one I of know. the most like, uh, popularized, uh, horror film slash based on a true story like hong kong film that came out and yeah oh wow and and it it actually ignited like a whole fad of like these um hong kong based on true story serial killer uh movie era during the 90s it went a little wide like during that time but
0: well well well, so let's get into this then jessica so you have these inspirations for getting into true crime. Uh, what made you decide to do the podcast? And are there were were there any cases or any stories that as soon as you started, you were like, "I gotta cover this."
3: Mm, okay, so I started in late 2017, and that was like right after I discovered like the world of true crime podcasts. And I also traveled to Indianapolis that year for the first crime con. And yeah, so that was really cool because I got to meet like all these people that I was like listening to in real life. And then, Mm -hmm. and speaking of which, like last podcast on the left actually attended that one. And i know yeah, that's, oh, yeah. i almost yeah.
2: went to that i went to that event because of them
3: <laughs> yeah so and they were really nice um mm-hmm. um yeah i t- got a photo with them but anyway um yeah so after that i was like huh like this is really cool i love this community like this must be nice and then somebody like they, they were kind of like mm, you know like why don't you start one like there's room right and plus like every every other podcast you listen to is mostly about like the U.S. or very Eurocentric, yep. you know, things like that, yep. which makes sense. That's true. And I was like, oh, I can't do that. I hate my voice. Everybody hates their voice, right?
2: But whatever. Yeah, I, 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 still can't listen to my own work. Yeah, yeah it's, it's taken
3: me. <laughs>
0: yeah, it, it's taken me since film school. So that's, God, it's going on like almost ten years now since I started listening to my voice regularly, and I'm just now at the point where I'm like. My voice sounds awful, but I've just come to
4: Turks. with it. <laughs> I, I yeah, what well can you
0: do? I mean, so.
3: <laughs> I mean, everybody hates their own voice. It's just something <laughs> yeah. we're born with. I know. Uh, but, yeah, so I was like, okay, why not? Just try it. And then I had moved that year from Taiwan to China for work. So I was like, oh, I'm bored. I don't have friends. Okay, I'll do it. So I did it. Nope was how it That's started awesome yeah, yeah
2: ben ben and i started more than one podcast the exact same way yeah uh, this this podcast was literally started in the middle of a workout because oh. we, we instead of working it was, out, wasn't it yeah yeah. yeah yeah we were about to work out together and we just kept talking about either like a podcast or doing something i was like all right screw it let's stop let's go record this and we're gonna make it into something i don't
0: remember it that way i remember me telling you to do that but this isn't the ben and matt interview hour so i'll forgive you <laughs> no, it, uh, besides last podcast are, are there any other true crime podcasts you still like to listen to
3: yeah so i know like i started out with all the bigger ones like you know my, my favorite murder things like that but right um i don't really listen to podcasts that have too much banter nowadays because mm-hmm. seriously I don't I don't actually have enough time to listen to podcasts so I don't have time for banter.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm just yeah. like You you and my wife would get along <laughs> very well. I I tried having her listen to an episode of last podcast yeah. and it that went about 2 minutes before she was like can we get to the point please? So it's one of the really nice things about uh, the Asian Madness podcast is that like it is straight and to the point. It's. I love how it's you, very consistent. Like, throw in, yeah. it's very it's very consistent. You sometimes throw in sound effects like, just to sort of add a little bit of finesse or gravitas to a certain scene. It's all very like, uh, what what's the right ter- term? It's very understated, but like in in a very very captivating way. Uh, and also, congratulations on almost reaching a hundred episodes! Yeah, right. Thank yeah, you. that's
1: freaking amazing.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah i yep. I've always felt like, um, people always tell me that they like it because it's very, you know, straight to the point. No, no, not much bullshit. But then again, you know, I'm like a single host. It's kind of yeah. hard to like banter when you're Yeah, like, you really oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <It lets> you <laughs> some like dissociative personality disorder. That, that, exactly you
2: could
0: do you, yeah, you could do characters with yourself, I guess.
4: I could, it, yeah. Wait, was
0: it was it something from the start where you were like I want to do this just myself or did you consider uh co host at certain times Because it works really well with just a single host.
3: Um, I, I don't think I've ever considered a co-host mostly because like when I started it, I didn't tell anybody because like, I'm, mm. I'm embarrassed. I'm like, Oh, what if I fail? So I'm going to wait until I get to yeah. like right. 10 episodes and then I'll tell people
0: I know. So, you know, it's
4: just yeah, easier even by I still yourself. haven't told people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. We're only, yeah. we're only 69 episodes in. Yeah. So am I know. the
1: only one that's like spreading for. Oh, (laughs) y'all.
2: No, I I, I try. I just don't don't tell my colleagues or coworkers. I tell all my friends about Jessica's podcast. I edit it, so that's, you know, that's my excuse. All my friends know about it. None of my coworkers do.
3: Yeah, coworkers are a different level.
2: (laughs) Is there a point in the podcast where you're like,
0: all right, by this episode, this is the point where, like, it clicks and I know what I'm doing.
3: Wow. Cause Um. like with
0: us, I'd say our first 10 to 30 episodes are like, like I do not even want to touch it.
2: Yeah. They're training. They're training those episodes.
0: Yeah. Our first, our first like 10 episodes, the audio is just way wrong (laughs) the whole time. Is is there a point where it's like clicked for you?
3: uh not really honestly i i feel like it's like um some episodes like you know it works and then there's sometimes mm-hmm. like when you're recording and it's just like oh everything is garbage and you just want to redo the whole thing and yeah you know you're editing and yeah, then everything sounds wrong i don't know mm-hmm.
0: yeah.
2: I, yeah i think that's, a, can, that's an unavoidable y- yeah. thing when you're so close to your own work like you can be in the middle of an episode and just be like why are we here Um, but I think what sets us, sets aside, I mean, potentially successful podcasters or like media producers and pretty much everyone we've interviewed on this podcast has been a consistent message of like, I'm going to finish making what I want to make. And in each of those instances, it's produced something that like, you know, we've all really enjoyed because I can speak for Ben and myself to some degree that, one thing that we look for, whether it's in podcasts or movies or music or anything, is gen- is like a, a dramatical level of genuineness, where it is very clear who made the piece and why they made it. And uh, the Asian uh, Madness podcast is definitely one of those things that feels like it's something that's purely yours. And being a solo podcast, I think that's kind of unavoidable. Um, yeah. But like, it, it's very nice to hear that uh, achieved in that capacity.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Um, I I know like a lot of People have, like, other writers kind of write their stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, do their research for them. But first of all, I can't afford that. But second of all, um, <laughs> I kind of feel like it loses your voice and the way you write and the way you yeah. speak. So people kind of yeah. get used to the way you talk and everything. And I kind of like that. Like Yeah,
2: definitely. It breeds a lot of, like, vocal confidence. I mean, it's hard to not, like get used to speaking at long form about whatever you're talking about without, you know, when you have to do it on recording and then re-listen right. to it to edit it. Like, how do you not gain a little bit of something from that?
1: So, Jessica, how did you first learn to, like, speak English? I mean, I'm just, like, amazed that like, you don't have an accent at all. And me being a Canadian-born Taiwanese myself, it's just... Like I I still have friends telling me that I do sometimes have a little bit of Chinglish accent or something, but
3: yeah. So I, I wasn't born in Taiwan. I, I spent like, I kind of lived all over the place. And, um, -hmm. I remember I didn't speak any English until I was in third grade. So we moved, we moved from Taiwan to, uh, Central America. And Mm -hmm. I, I I was enrolled in like a local, well, it was like an American school actually. Mm-hmm. And so I was thrown into the school with very basic English. Like I knew animals and I knew like what a sandwich was, but I really couldn't okay. say anything else. And yeah, so it took like half a year of like ESL and Yeah. And yeah, and I made friends and that's how I learned English.
2: I've seen them done very poorly, so it's very nice to hear any instance where they went well.
3: Yeah, I mean it wasn't like a great school, but
0: Well, let me ask you, Jessica, is there from moving around a lot, is is there any place that you enjoyed living at the most or in and, and to follow up, is there any place where you thought the true crime stories were maybe more
2: interesting than other places or the folklore or the mysteries that you found in those places too? Yeah.
3: Um, When it comes to like folklore and myth, I would definitely say like Asia has way like a lot more interesting ones. And then and it's also like a lot more well known in the community because Mm -hmm. like people tend to be a bit more superstitious. And then, you know, they tell you not to do something because, you know, it will bring you bad luck. But that doesn't really happen in like more Western societies.
2: Yeah, not at all.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, you, you know about it, but nobody really cares, you know.
2: Well, yeah. and I well, when I mean, Monty and I, Monty and I were talking about folk horror, uh, not too long ago, and one of the things I noticed about watching some of the uh, like Taiwanese and uh, other Asian films that Monty's been sharing with us recently is that the, like the folk lore and the and the mystery and the magic still feels very like tactile, like it's up front. Like when we watched Mister Vampire and Taoist priests were raising zombies from the dead, mm. it didn't feel like it was some like mystical thing that needed to be like hyper explained or like was like strange like it is in a lot of western films it seemed just like perfectly normal to the part of the world yeah yeah which in movies like the wicker man they use the unknown mysterious nature of like the old religion as a tool for horror where it's it seemed like a lot in a lot of asian cinema at the very least that i've seen it it's not necessarily scary because it's Folk and mysterious. It's because people, everyone knows how dangerous it is because mm-hmm. it is viewed as more tactile there or more present.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that.
1: Yeah, I think like even for Taiwan, like the occult scenes is pretty, um, pretty mainstream there. Um, yeah, like I mean, occult in this in the sense of like the the Taoist, like you can always uh, go and seek help from you know a taoist priest or um what do they call it uh those people that uh that talks through tongues i think jessica knows what i'm talking about they summon godly powers into them and you know it's kind of like uh kind of like witch doctors in a sense um and a lot of people see Yeah, and them. it's
3: really common. Yeah, it's a, very very like, Yeah. Like it's it's weird because like Taiwan is actually like a really like it's like it's pretty much like a first world country and then you know you walk around as mostly the city but you know people would just like nonchalantly like bring up, you know, oh this past weekend my mom took me to a I don't know like a Taoist priest and then they like did a cleanse on me and then you know you're just supposed wow. to like accept that and not be weirded out but I, yeah, I guess it's normal. Yeah. And we're and in, the, so in like, the west.
2: That's the complete opposite. If if you like told your, yeah. your like your sister that you took your daughter to go get like a um like a like a like an exorcism Yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> <We're>, yeah. <laughs> treated yeah. like you were crazy.
1: Yeah, you are.
0: so so like so. Just to clarify, when that happens over there, is our most is. Is there a general consensus of like, oh, OK, that's like like that's completely normal or is it something where it's like, you know, not where or, or people are like, huh, that's a little of an odd thing to be doing now. But sure, that works. Like, is there just no stigma attached to it or is it still just a regular occurrence?
3: Um, I don't think there is like much of a stigma but i feel like maybe okay maybe like young people younger Mm -hmm. people might be like "Hmm, we're still doing this but you know because like everybody has like you know they know like grandparents and stuff and then the grandparents might talk about this kind of stuff if they're into it and then you know you kind of grow up knowing about it so it's not weird when you hear about it but you just kind of like oh i didn't know people still did this
1: have you okay, okay. have you here, been here it's like, gone through that like growing up in Taiwan? Like, has your parents ever done took you to those No, places? my
3: family is intensely Christian, so uh, none of that. That's not good. My mother is very Christian. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, no, I, okay. I can tell from my experiences. I, I my family background is like very are, are Buddhists and and Taoists. So when I was growing up, they would always, you know. Especially during the Chinese New Year, phase. they always take me in for a reading and they always say this guy is like, oh, he, he's pretty good and, and stuff. And I remember there's one year where they told me that I wasn't allowed to go near like um, a body of water Uh as they predict that something tragic would happen so i didn't go swimming for an entire year even into a swimming pool it's it's very it's very interesting how how my parents like because they're 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 from this there's from southern taiwan and it's also considered like very uh the old world of, of taiwan taiwanese people um like, yeah, they're all
2: you, know, you guys are the you guys are the religious Hicks,
1: pretty much. If you want to say
4: it,
2: yeah, I've got a my my
1: family is our our uh, my grandparents are, like farmers in uh, from Tainan or Tainan and in, in mm-hmm. Taiwan. So, um, yeah, they are very in, they really were really heavily into that. But to bring it back, so, like so... you know, like the occult stuff, like even going to crime, like I still I hear stories, like I watch on news that uh of famous crime stories in 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 taiwan that even police sometimes uh consult with these um yeah these uh taoists i guess
2: well so i I was i was gonna ask jessica then like how how common is like religious like well whether it's between like devoutly different religions in the organization or when it's their association to like mainstream crime or like what's actually affecting the everyday people? Like how present is the occult or, you know, w- what it seems like in, in in Asia is much less occult than it would be here. But like how how common is like the religious aspect in the crime outside of like the crazy cults like Om Shinrikyo and stuff?
3: Oh, um, I don't think it, it has a really heavy presence. But I mean, some people will say things like, oh, they were possessed by, you know, like, evil spirits and then you know that's why they did what they did or like monty the, said the co- yeah the and then that seriously um i don't oh. think so but okay. i mean they still have to follow like you know the law so even if they do believe it they could they yeah. still will do you know follow whatever the law they, says they would still
1: and do monty, the yeah the, the 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 police will still have to do what they have to do like you know with science mm-hmm. and forensics but they yeah. sometimes would go to them as for cons- consultation, but it's not. Uh, yeah, it's not like oh that 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 fortune teller told me that the body is here, and they all go. They just ignore everything else and just runs runs to it, right? So yeah, sorry I, I cut you off, Jessica. You were saying.
3: No not a problem, so if you watch like uh like the shows like similar to like unsolved mysteries, but like Taiwanese versions oh, like okay. all the cops they will still like they like they make they they like do a really like dramatized version of it, and it's <laughs> kind of cringy but um but That's usually the when they like yeah when they interview the cops like they'll usually say like you know things like they consulted somebody or, like, they had this weird dream or, like, they felt oh. a presence. Oh, yeah. There, you yeah know? That is so true. Know, they... oh, okay. Yeah, so they will, like, openly talk about this, even if it sounds, like, like really crazy, maybe, like, to the like in the West. But it's, like, mm-hmm. always, like, a given or, like, normal and people feel like, oh, this is so scary, but it's real, which is scarier. You know what? Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's what like. I was going to
2: say. It's, it's, it's always – I always feel like the denial – of the potential of the like esoteric or the occult affecting a real world situation is not because it's it's completely deniable, it's because everyone's very afraid of the world where it's the actual answer. Yeah. You know because mm-hmm. if that's the answer, your worldview shatters, especially for like a mm-hmm. mainstream secular Westerner. Yeah, like in like, the in, in the if, Western if, if magic is proven real, you're fucked. In the
1: Western yep. stuff, like you only see these type of interviews uh, with you know, they always say they were former Uh, detective a former you know homicide you know police officer or or that but in taiwan oddly enough they they are they speak very freely about it (laughs) and they don't have to worry about it costing their jobs or being labeled as a a crazy person like the public actually will like tune in and listen to your stories and stuff like that
2: so yeah so speaking of um a weird said a weird segue, but I think a good one. Um, you in your most recent episode in the Yakuza. You you talk a lot. You talk a decent amount about the tat about their tattoos and how that affected their place in society. And I think it's like it's a pretty commonly known fact that like in in Japan specifically, like having tattoos can like limit your ability to go to like public pools or at least it used to. And like other areas like that won't serve um, tattooed individuals. And it it made me wonder if there's anywhere else across the you know the vast the vast array of countries and cultures in asia where tattoos have the same kind of connotation that they do um like they do for the yakuza is there any like anywhere else where it's like if you have tattoos you're treated as like an outsider
3: i think similarly in the in like at least in a japanese sense i Mm -hmm. remember um south korea is also kind of like this and wasn't I correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't like tattooing like illegal or is it still? I don't really remember. And I but think,
2: I think in I think in Korea it is, and there's some areas in yeah. the United States where it's like very even in the United States where it's heavily regulated.
3: Yeah. So um for so like my husband, he's Korean. He's mm-hmm. a Korean American. So he he okay. told me that like when he visited before, like um they would not allow or they would be very wary of heavily tattooed men. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, because oh. they do. They have like the bathhouses and stuff as well. Yeah. So
0: that's what he told me. Matt, so. I, I, I think you'd have a problem. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say I, I'm, I'm screwed if I ever go. Hmm. And is it
2: is it? Do you think it's primarily because of the the connection to like organized crime and crime culture, or there like other or potentially like folklore kind of? inspirations because when i look at a lot of like um i have like i love this book i love that's all about the different um like hell worlds and different asian cultures and a lot of their like demons and like other like mystical creatures kind of look like they have tattoos on their body not like explicitly like a like a yakuza would but like in like a like a skin detail type of thing is there any other connotation besides the organized crime one
3: Mm, i mean there could be but I mean, as far uh-huh. as I know, I think the the biggest connection has to do with like, like the like crime. So okay. you know, they just don't want the extra like problems. That's yeah, because it's from what I know. you look
2: like you're gonna cause a problem. <laughs> yeah,
3: you never know, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. I it's it's I I when I I am slowly covering my whole body in tattoos, and it's like there's always like a slight part of me that if I like go to like a public pool in like shorts. Or like when I'm on, like when I'm on vacation somewhere, like something's gonna happen, so, or at least like, maybe like maybe not something bad's gonna happen, but like I'm gonna get treated differently, um, because of it. And it's it's happened once or twice in like a few very religious countries. Mm-hmm. But so far, thankfully, at least in the West, it's been mostly accepted. But if I go to yeah, I, and I and the the sad thing I've always heard is that there are incredible tattoo artists in both south korea and in japan that like Mm -hmm. have to operate under like very restricted conditions now Mm -hmm. yeah you actually
0: just sent me one tattoo artist man (laughs) that looked fantastic yeah but uh based out of based out of south korea i'm pretty sure yeah
1: matt did you ever feel any pressure like when you go to work like when you go to school to teach kids like is there no is there any restrictions on you like from the dean or the principal
2: in a in a public school setting much more so in a private school setting i don't have to care worry oh, okay. um nearly as much well it's like i mean as long as i don't have like face tattoos like if i had like 666 and like hail mm. tattooed tattoo like, on my cheeks <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I think i think i'm i think i'm out of it Jessica,
0: you've traveled around the world. Do you have a six 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 tattooed <laughs> on your face anywhere?
3: Unfortunately, I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> Not well, yet. That was a yet. There's,
0: there's always time.
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I would love to cover my body in tattoos, but you know, my mother is Asian and Christian, so Ooh. she might. Are
2: you? Yeah. So, do, do you have any, or are you? Uh, are, are you going to wait until you're you feel safe enough to get them? <laughs>
3: Um, I have like a few small ones just to kind of get okay. away with it, yeah.
2: Yeah, my so I my grandparents were Catholic, um, and they're like and and I think similar connotation to like Asian and Christian. They were Polish, that's Eastern European and Christian, mm. um, and some of those countries still have blasphemy laws in twenty twenty two. And uh, my my grandpa told me the only value of the tattoos I had, were that if I ever got into a car accident and they couldn't identify my face <laughs> or my teeth, they mm-hmm. could use the tattoos. <laughs> that's what yeah, I that's told my parents. Poor. You know what? Yeah, I, okay, I yeah, you. you get it. I told them I'll just get more, you know, so it's even easier. You know what? Exactly. I heard that's
1: the whole reason why, like, the you know, Asian gangs or gangs in general, they have tattoos, is so that their bodies can be easily identified and stuff like that. Because of the amount of battles and... You know, killing, gang wars and stuff like that—that that happens. So
3: that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that <terrific. may> be, <laughs>
1: you're, <laughs> you're very close to that. So
3: <laughs> I'm
0: working on it. Uh, so we're basically Jessica, criminals. Hey, have you ever had an episode where, like, you were planning it and, like, maybe it was something that was, like, actually, like, too violent that you just, like, didn't want to cover or, or, or anything of that nature.
3: No, I I cover everything that I want to cover. Um a lot of people don't want to talk about like kids and
4: yeah, right.
3: You know, like or maybe elder abuse or something that's really really touchy. I don't I don't really know what that could be, but I feel like if you I don't want to like skip around certain topics because um like, I'm not it's trying to crime. sensationalize. It's It's true but story. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you can't yeah, so deny it. the more you hear it, it, like, the more terrible it is, I feel like the more you have to hear it. Because the, yeah. the odds, right. like, it could happen. Like, if it's happened before, it could happen to anybody you know or around I, you.
0: Yeah. I mean, you had, like, a two-month spell of, like, it was a series, essentially, on brutal, like, rapes and murders of women. And like yeah. Going well, through it, it all of them in a row, it's like, oh my God, like this is, you know, it's very affecting yeah. like that. Yeah. It's one after another, after another, you have uh, a more, uh, a more jokey podcast, like last pod. And they like need to intersperse
2: comedy to break with, up like, the horror
0: with, with like comedy or like break episodes, but you just run through them. And it's one of the things I really like about the podcast now is that, you know, it doesn't really seem like there is anything off limits
2: now now i will uh, so follow up to that about things being off limits now nothing's off limits content wise but has there ever been an instance where you were worried about covering a topic because of the people involved so i know there's there's been a couple podcasts i've listened to that have covered like the the mexican cartels and they have been like threatened by the cartels for covering them in certain lights is has ever has that ever like come into your mind you ever been like worried that like the yakuza so are the triads gonna come after you
3: um so i remember when i when i covered like uh my first case out of china
4: mm-hmm. i remember, yeah. I remember like <laughs> my dad
3: was like my dad was like oh haha like be careful like what if like if they if they catch any wind of you saying bad things about the prc you know they might come for you yeah. well he was he was kidding but it's not like it wasn't really a joke but um I, it got me really worried for like a second there, but yeah, whatever. I don't really care anymore.
4: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> that's I think that's the right mind. I, Cause I, I recently encountered, um, a YouTuber who I followed for a, a long, a long while, who's a Russian. And in all of his videos recently, he's been referring to the, the invasion of Ukraine as the special Russian military operations. And it's because the, uh, the Russian government actually sent him a message saying if you continue wow. to refer to our actions in in, um, in Ukraine as a war, we'll be forced to intervene in your pro- in your broadcast. Oh, uh, f- and that really got me thinking for the last couple of days, especially with like the reputation um, that the People's Republic has.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what? I'm, I'm going to plug there. There is one episode on Asian Madness podcast that you guys have to check out. It's... Uh, it's a it's about the case about the the Korean the the Frog Boys or the Frog Kids, that one is mm-hmm. really really good. Like
2: you guys have to check that one out. It's, it's still in. Jessica, can you give us yeah. what's the basics of yeah. of the Frog Kids story? Because I had that that pitch has sold me.
3: Okay, um, I I wasn't expecting you to pick that one, but <laughs> um, so basically they were like five little boys that were off playing. is the six weeks in South Korea. And then okay. they kind of just disappeared. And then, oh. like, the, all their families were looking around for them, you know, missing persons posters, everything. And then, like, years later, they find their remains, like, in the same exact, like, the wooded area. Oh, shit. But like, they all they seem... went missing. Yeah, so, you know, the same, the, that vicinity. So it just seems like somebody kind of placed them or hid them for a bit but they never found out who did it or, you know, what really happened.
1: Yeah. It's still a cold case today. And they made, uh, Matt, you're going to love this. They actually did make a movie on it. Um,
2: hell yeah. Yeah. It's of course they did. It's one of <laughs> yeah.
1: those yeah crazy ones, but
2: is, yeah. if, if that, if that's got a movie, is there any, are there any cases or folklore or any stories you've ever covered that you wish had a horror movie? Like I personally want like an Om Shinrikyo like mini series that's like a deeply detailed one. Is there like oh. anything from your coverage that you hmm. wish would get made?
3: Oof, um, I feel like Asia has made like so many things. Like, <sighs> but um, speaking of like Om Shinrikyo, I, I would really like to cover that case. It's just, um, it's just such so much information out there. Yeah. I would it'll probably take forever to like really look into it and stuff, but eventually I plan to you know get to that. Yeah, because well, I, I, I think cults are cool. I mean not cool, like good
0: <laughs> cool, but like, interesting. fascinating. Yeah. Well one, of the, one of Fourth the Times the Charm where cults are cool. Well one of the
2: one of the, one of the oh, things no. that got Monty onto the podcast was um he told me about a Korean cult called uh Shinjongji, the Church of Jesus, who uh, uh I'm sure you heard about it got like very famous for all of the COVID deaths and outbreak they let to in in South Korea. Um, are those? They, yeah, there's, like, mm-hmm. I've, I've only barely scratched the surface of the occult world, of the cult world in Asia, because I have to imagine there's just as many there as there are here. Oh, yeah. Well, there's like... You
3: hear about it, but yeah. not enough information for most of them, unless, like, mm. the you know, like, the Moonies or something from South Korea, and then um, just, like, I only know of, like, a handful, but there's, like, you, so do you, many.
2: Do you think that might – and this is just a thought that just came to me. Do you think it might be because the, like, different – the different ways of engaging with, like, religion and faith are so still openly diverse that there's less, like, of this, like, weird, like, psychotic – uh like extremism that like leads to a lot of these cults like om shinrikyo or shinjanji or the people of god or any of the many western cults a lot of them are like based deeply in like religious practices that have been like pushed Mm -hmm. aside or hidden um where it feels like in from what we've talked about like with monty like being able to go from like a potentially deeply religious family and then them living next door to like active taoists and having it not be like a huge clash I wonder if that kind of has t- took the wind out of some of the sales of some of the uh, potential for Asian cults or if they've just been sequestered.
3: Yeah, that's that could be true. I also think uh, a lot of Asians, I don't know about like, um, at least speaking for and Taiwanese people, people yeah. that follow like cults and stuff, I, I think a lot of them are more on the greedy side oh, and okay. have less to do with religion. And it's more about like, like they don't want to die and they don't want to, they don't want to like go bankrupt and they want like all the good fortune, you know, like Chinese people, people of Chinese descent, like they're all about
2: money money and good fortune
3: for, yeah. It's like fortune. It's all about like wishing people good fortune. Yeah. Like that's the thing. It's
2: like mm. nothing. It's like, that's the number one objective.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it's less about like, do you go to heaven? Like, I don't, I don't think people really ask about that. It's just like having a good life, you know, like. Mm-hmm. not encounter any misfortunes things like that
1: yeah like you know what oh, like wow. me growing up is my parents want me to be a doctor or a lawyer right same concept mm-hmm. <laughs> money and of, like, success yes, <laughs> so.
2: which i guess is a much less fertile like breeding ground for the anxiety that requires that is required to join like a like a really crazy cult you want to, like, believe that, like, for like in Ji's case, the world's going to end very soon and only 144,000 mm-hmm. people are making it to the big paradise in the sky and mm-hmm. everyone else is going to burn for eternity. That's a pretty good motivation to join a cult. But if that's not yeah. the cultural norm, I could see how the greed and fortune based mindset would, like, make it make people less susceptible because you'd expect it more.
3: Yeah. And Korea is like a lot more Christian or Catholic than like mm-hmm. a lot of like other East Asian countries, like for some reason, okay. so so I can see like why how like they can use Christianity kind of like to like lure people in.
1: You know what? To yeah, to add right. to Jessica's statement back, uh, a couple of seconds back, like I never realized that. Yeah, like uh, Asian cults, uh, people really do join for money and not for the you know for for luck and everything, but. Uh, there, there is a case in, 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 in Taiwan that um, I'm not I forgot what the name of the cult was but it was run by this lady and she had so much control over her followers that she even had a mother like uh, get her son involved into the cult and later on uh, beaten to death and that's yeah. I think what really cracked open that case um Jessica, do I mean, you know which one I'm happened. talking about? It's.
3: uh no, I don't.
1: Oh shoot! Ah oh, man, I gotta find out. No, you made me look so... bad.
3: How dare you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> sorry, Monty. No, I... I
2: didn't get it out. This whole section's <laughs> gone,
1: Monty. How dare you? I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I, I just, I just saw this, this clip uh, about this, this case, and yeah, maybe I'll, I'll take it offline and I share mean, it with that's, Jessica. That's, that's,
2: that's <laughs> the okay. most like depraved end of cults in general, though, is to like. It's it's about getting the family in. It's like that's the uh, that's like the end goal of any cult is like for you to start birthing children into the cult. Like that's mm-hmm. what makes like Scientology or Mormonism such prolific or like you know Catholicism as like as like an occult practice. Those those organizations are so powerful because mm-hmm. most people are born into it and never have even the opportunity to question the exactly. circumstances that they live in or right. that they're like a part of because they're just. They're born into it.
0: Let me ask you, uh, Jessica, has there been an episode that that not even necessarily you'd say is your favorite, but one that you would say either affected you the most or, or an episode that you think that has like the most important message or story that you've done so far for like people to really take in, and mm. and and while you're thinking of that, may I ask, is it the haunted Kleenex commercial? <laughs> because when you mentioned that on your podcast a few weeks ago, I watched it, and and what are what were they thinking? Like Matt, did you watch? The Kleenex video? Unfortunately it's not. A, it's a Kleenex gotta commercial watch him, with Matt. a demon it's child really... and like this this angel mother and she's letting a Kleenex fly away. It's like it's it's bizarre. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very bizarre. So I, if it's I, if, I missed, if it's not that, that epi-
2: I misspelled Kleenex it, into Google and found an article about a hint. There a we go. Haunted tennis. Uh, tennis <laughs> but if it's not about a haunted tennis racket,
0: Jessica, and if it's not about haunted Kleenex uh, commercials, uh, is there an episode that you would say is like, is like this is the one that affected me the most, or this is the one I'd want other people to, to really listen to and get the message from? Um,
3: I could think of a a few, but um, one. Or kind of, like, a common theme that I touch on is, like, um, honor killings. Oh, and yeah. basically, okay. like, pros- prostituting children or, like, you know, anything to oh, do with fuck. kids. Yeah, so mm. there was a one that I did on, like, the little boys, like, basically getting molested and, like, prostituted in, like, Pakistan. And there was yeah. another one about honor killings. I mean, I've done maybe, like, a couple about honor killings. Right. Can you define
2: honor killings for us?
3: Okay, so basically it's like if you don't follow, I mean, oh, never mind. If you don't follow, like, the rules and, like, you know, you date before marriage or you're dating somebody who, you know, you're not supposed to or, I don't know, premarital sex, not even premarital sex, you're just caught hanging out with a dude who's not your family member, you know, you get killed because, you know, how dare you? Embarrassing. That's so messed up. Yeah. yeah. yeah so that's uh so i i don't know if you if you remember like from like maybe a couple weeks ago a few weeks ago mm-hmm. there was that one story that made it to the news about those woman who wasn't using her headdress like her yes and she, was, man, right? she wasn't covering you know. yeah she didn't cover her yeah, I was hair getting, properly I was getting,
2: that, when you start talking about honor killings, is gonna be my follow-up question <laughs> right
3: yeah so this is uh something that i just remembered and I feel like these kind of stories, uh, obviously, because I'm also like a woman. So
2: mm-hmm.
3: I don't have this problem, obviously, but it's very depressing.
2: Yeah. Well, and it's and it's I, I've been following the um what's going on in Iran like pretty closely ever since I first heard the story. And it's it's truly like terrifying, but it's also really beautiful to see the women of Iran standing up and like not mm-hmm. being afraid. Um, yeah. While the, while the Iranian government is actively trying to censor and hide every ounce of an, of, of media about them standing up mm-hmm. and celebrating and, and protesting for their rights.
3: Yeah, it just really sucks that it had to come down to like somebody dying over
2: yeah. this. But yeah. I feel
3: like at this point, like they're I think they're making the most like you know they're doing whatever they can just to make mm-hmm. their voices heard. And I think yeah, I think it's beautiful.
4: Yeah.
1: I, you know what there is some there is something that uh, uh I, I recall Jessica's podcast that she it's not only like she covers about the honor killings, but I can sense that you know, remember that there's a case where these two girls, uh I think it's in India where they took a bus and they never made it home and they found out that, you know, the the guy the bus driver like raped them and and killed them or something like that it was there's a lot of these um i don't know what's the proper term but like in in india like those those uh i guess those rape cults or something like that like they just go around and like rape women and and just get away with it and it's just like very very freaking disgusting as well to to hear about so
2: yeah. yeah i mean but it's <laughs> but it's 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 the fear of talking about the subjects that lets other people ignore them, like especially mm. human trafficking yeah. um and and as and as just a point like abuse towards women like it it's a big a big if you ignore problems that make you feel uncomfortable, they never go away
0: yeah
2: well Let
0: well down. said <laughs> um i sorry i was <laughs> It was a very poignant moment. Uh, I'm sorry they had to burst the bubble there. Uh, Well, Jessica, we don't want to take your entire evening. Uh, But before we close, I I wanted to see, uh, you already have an excellent podcast. You've already amassed a following. You're closing in on 100 episodes, which will be happening sooner than later. You still have a litany of topics. You have such a wide range of shows, uh, as as a part of the Asian Madness podcast. Just different themes, different topics. Um, what would you say are your are your goals for the for the near future? Where where do you want to take the podcast from here?
3: I feel like my goal has always kind of been the same. Um, since starting out, um, well, my first goal starting out was like to not fail, which I guess if I continue on, that means I'm okay. But most importantly, I, I kind of just want to, you know, spread the word and, um, kind of have more people understand Asian culture and, um, kind of use true crime or horror as like a way to bridge that gap. Mm -hmm. Um, that the podcast, at least true crime podcast world, doesn't really have right now. Um, So, yeah, I I feel like um, when people think of crime, it's usually like, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy, things like that. But I just want people to know, like, there are a lot of things going on around the world, and we should, you know, open up, like, how we see the world and get more in touch with things that are happening because, you know, the world is pretty big it's there's a lot going on there's one I thing kind of want
1: there's one thing that i yeah. always notice uh, compared to and sorry to cut you off. there is I no
3: always, go ahead
1: I, I always look at western crime stories and asian crime stories like i i and my wife is a huge um crime fanatic um mm-hmm. i have to say like asian crime is like a whole nother level like, the, 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 the stories you hear, and it's, like, Asian people are, like, it's it's really different, like, in in, in terms of when it comes to crime and, and, and stuff, like, yeah, mm-hmm.
3: it is. Because a lot of it is culturally impacted. Yeah. People don't realize that. Like, you think, oh, murder is murder, but there's, like, a lot of differences, like, very minute differences, but
2: yeah. culture what, what, what is so are, what are big. So one of those some of those big differences then, like from what you've noticed, like for like the casual fan or someone like me who, you know, like understands the difference, understands that there is a difference. What are those like things I can identify to like that like point that really shine shine true in that in like murder, for example?
3: Okay. For example, like we talked about honor killing. Like that is a cultural thing that you don't see as much in the West, for example. No, yeah, like not and at all. <laughs> Yeah. And for example, like in a lot of Asian countries, like, you know, where kids are pressured into like studying and studying, getting good grades, go to good schools, like that kind of pressure is not seen as often in the West. And that kind of pressure can like really break a young person Mm -hmm. or it could lead them to like do terrible things either to themselves or other people around them, like any of that.
2: What what do you what would you say if there's any like particular type of crime that you think is like most person that most separates like the West and uh, the East? Because like I I, when I think of like American crime or Mm -hmm. at least like modern like main scary Western crime, it's like mass killings. It's like either serial killers or it's like big spree shootings. Like what would you say is like the linchpin of like um, Asian crime for you?
3: oh man i can't even give you one because i feel like asia is so big and there's so many yeah, she... different cultures like it's so it's just so different
2: what what, what if we get specific then like it, like what would you say is like the definition of like japanese crime
3: oh japanese crimes is like a just um i would say like just kind of i feel like a lot of the murders are very perverted in a sense um oh, okay. whether whether in thinking or like how they carry it out mm-hmm. like it's not very straightforward like the reason behind it or like how they do it and um the, like, or like the, yeah it's just the way that it is carried out like the whole planning is mm-hmm. i just feel like it's very complicated compared to
2: like the passion killings of america yeah i would say that like swinging and banging like on like the street like you know i'm like i'm in chicago and so like despite the reputation the city has there's not that much murder but like a lot of the murder that happens here is very flippant you know it's just like oh drive it's like a like a passing by activity almost Mm
1: -hmm. yeah matt
2: compared to like the meticulousness
1: (laughs) to to also back up with what jessica is talking about you should look up um this japanese case Very, very popular, and I think it's one of the cases that attracted me to Asian podcasts, Asian Madness podcast, is uh, the the Junko Furuta uh, case. Oh man, that one pissed me off so much of what these guys actually did to her. Yeah, it's really brutal. It's you know, it's rape, it's torture. It's very disgusting case for that one I' would share share that link but yeah yeah
2: yeah Share yeah share that one in and incognito bro <laughs> <Cognito browser. laughs> now Jessica do do you have
0: anything uh, uh do do you have any case in the future that you're like I want to build to this one or a case that is big enough that you haven't tackled yet that you are really looking for?
3: Um, yeah, I mentioned earlier, I do really want to talk about cults, mm-hmm. but it's such a big one and um, it's a little hard. And uh, well, as long as nobody steals my ideas out there, but there's um, there's one story that really caught my attention like a while ago. is about the North Sentinel Island uh, when this guy oh. tried to make first contact with the uh, islanders. So it's like the most isolated and remote
0: island in the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If I remember correctly, that didn't work out so well for him. Yeah,
3: it was kind of sad. Yeah, too bad. But (laughs) I found the story really, really fascinating. And it's, it's, I mean, it's too bad it didn't work out at all. But it's, I feel like it's worth looking into.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've I, personally, like, I pulled up Google Maps here while we were talking about it. And, like, I've always been fascinated by the stories that come out of, like, the, like, Southeast Asian islands. And, like, the, and, like anything, like, in, like, the Solomon Sea or, like, you mm-hmm. know, out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean where, like, the Easter Islands are, or, like, the Wake Islands. Like, there must be some, like, there must be such interesting stories occurring in these places that aren't resorts. And yeah. like, even in the ones that are like in like on an island like futa which is you know a giant rock like how there must be something going on there right like and what stories have that, that we don't even know about yet have occurred there
3: exactly i you feel like what? there's um there's so much mysteries out there i mm-hmm. i yeah
1: and what's the scary thing is that the crimes that we hear about are the ones that have been uncovered.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeez. Yeah. You, you know. Yeah. Well, for every murder you hear about 15 more happen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's really scary. It's really
1: scary. Yeah. yeah that's. <laughs> well,
2: that's, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's the thing. Like when I, whenever I talk to anybody about horror movies or about like the weird shit that we talk about, it's, it's the fact that most people are just hiding from it. It's never not there. the 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 terror of it all is is like ever present and it and that's so much. It's so encapsulated by I think some people's fascination with true crime is like not just because they're fascinated by like things that are brutal and gross, but it's, that's just humans. Mm-hmm. Like across exactly. culture and society, like the one consistent thing is that people are still committing senseless, absolutely asinine violence. And that's because that's just purely human to a degree.
1: You know what? There's something that I actually listened to recently. Um, uh, uh, I think it came from uh, Mr. Baller um, YouTube. And there was a case. And it does tie into uh, your horror movie thing. There is a – and it's actually – Occurred in Edmonton, Alberta, I think, and uh, this this film's Canadian film student uh, (laughs) was trying to make this horror film. He got so involved that he actually killed someone, and his reason was to get get you know he wanted to be you know get into the mindset of what a killer is. He was a huge Dexter fan and
4: yeah he he
1: wanted to make a movie and and it happened to be there was a case that uh there was a yeah there was a, a a killer uh like going around killing people and he wanted to make a movie about that and he had the script and everything ready and yeah he 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 like lures people to this location he poses as a girl uh, online and and lure people into the uh in, near to his house what it turns out to be and oh. he would try to kill them he actually got away with one and he was releasing i think his script to you know like his, he released a script online or something like that and then someone caught wind of it and thought the script was very 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 detailed and gave it to the cops and the cops when they read the script they're like they reached out to him and they said you know where did you come up with these stories because in the cops eyes uh, they said they were looking for this killer and the stuff that he had in his script was like information that were never released or leaked by the cops that they had. Oh man. <laughs> wow. And and wow. yeah, it's uh the, the the guy he got caught, his name is Mark Twitchell.
0: No, we don't need to put names yeah, in but, for people. Oh, yeah, think, uh, serial, killers uh, just,
2: but, serial killers don't deserve names They're the worst. But of the us.
0: one but the one thing I will say coming from film school is this is one reason why they say not to put too many stage directions <laughs> in the script. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if there's one thing we've gleaned today, I think it's that the gateway to finding out more about Asian culture in general is the Asian madness podcast. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today. I personally have one more question for you before you go, you said that you grew up watching horror movies. What is one horror movie that you think not enough people have seen? Ooh.
3: Oh my god, this is so hard.
4: Uh...
0: I know, it's the hot seat. <laughs>
4: This is terrible. Is this is it, the most important question. Is it the Japanese the whole evil podcast. Dead?
2: <laughs> I have it's, It should not be that movie.
1: <laughs> hey, that movie I still want to watch, but thanks for the recommendation on that one. So <laughs> <laughs> or is there any one that you are looking forward to catch or have you recently watched that you thought was really really well made?
3: Hmm. I watched Barbarian.
4: Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Yep.
2: Oh, damn it! Yeah. I went I, in. I forced comp- Ben to go see yeah. that uh, on the night before so, his wedding. So that that's not the whole story. The, uh,
0: so Matt's like, we got to watch this movie before you get married. So the the night before I get married we watch barbarian and, but you have to understand jessica my my now wife has the same skin complexion very similar hairstyle she's worn the exact same like she has in the closet three feet behind me the exact outfit oh my god that the star in barbarian war and Matt gave me no clue as to what this was about, except it's gory. So mm-hmm. I watched that and, it, man, <laughs> man, it, you got that, married, that though. Movie hit it either just the right time or just the wrong time. I, I, I
1: haven't watched that movie, so that would is... you say it's the best romantic comedy you ever seen, Matt? <laughs> best, rom, best rom-com
0: of
3: 2022.
0: <laughs> I mean, I did laugh during it. It is funny. Yeah, but it was pretty
2: funny. Yeah, it is funny.
1: Is it? Really? It, like, I'm expecting well, Zach, a good Zach, scare. Zach, Zach,
2: Zach, Zach Greger, the the writer and director, yeah. is, his claim to fame was as a cast member on the uh, comedy troupe The Whitest Kids You Know. Oh. So his whole background okay. is in, like, really offensive, like, really cringy 2000s comedy. Um, that's still great but it's still like very awkward. Like their most famous series is the civil war on drugs, which is a, uh, a whole series like mini series about what would have happened if the Confederate soldiers had just smoked some weed Jeez. <laughs> oh and that God. man wrote and directed barbarian.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, and, and I have to say, Jessica, uh, the interpretation of Justin Long's Hollywood agent uh, from firsthand experience, it's not far off. <laughs> oh, really? excellent job. Wow um well once again thank you where can everyone find the podcast and where can everyone find you online
3: uh the podcast find me anywhere on any podcatcher asian madness podcast and i have an instagram asian madness pod twitter i don't really use it but it's there asian madness pod and yeah that's about it
2: any any last messages for the charmers out there jessica
3: um oh um, I appreciate you making through this whole entire hour listening to me because I'm really not very interesting, and again, we disagree we disagree. I oh, disagree so oh, hard. so hard, disagree. no way, yeah, I, I hate my voice like any other podcaster out there, I'm sure
2: yeah but yeah well we well, we loved uh, it and and we we thank you i I thank you also for keeping me hydrated um for the last <laughs> couple of days as every to ever the beginning of all your shows. Every time you say it, I'm like, "Where's my water?" <laughs> I instantly drank it. So you've gotten me, You've kept me healthy as well. I'm
3: trying to do it to myself, so I'm trying to like push it on everybody else.
0: So remember, everyone, be alert, watch out for yourself and for those around you. Until next time, this has been Fourth Times the Charm. We'll see you next week. Stay hydrated. Good night,
1: everybody. Talk to y'all
0: later.